Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. question that I'm asked uh, periodically is, why are you talking about the uh, chronic pain issue? Well, I told you I saw my wife struggle with that issue, and uh, so I have an idea of what it's about. And I kept hearing all these stories about how terrible the opioid crisis is, and nothing sounded quite right. The numbers didn't sound quite right. The stories didn't sound right. The stats didn't sound right. It just didn't pass the smell test. So we started talking about it, and we are where we are now. We've had the interview with the Federal Minister of Health, and Minister Philpott didn't have many answers or any answers to my questions, frankly. And uh, we got around to talking about prescriptions and who prescribes what for what and what patients are entitled to. And the minister said, well, you know, when you get a prescription... It's adjusted from time to time. Doctors will adjust it. Well, I accepted that, essentially. Um, but my, my question then was, if the opioid prescription is working, and if the person who is in agony gets relief, well, have a listen. Why should it be adjusted at all? If it's working and if the person has a quality of life they don't have otherwise, why does it have to be adjusted at all? Shouldn't your your focus be the drug addict? Shouldn't your focus be the drug addict who buys on street corners? And didn't you tell the CBC that you saw some value in providing drug addicts with prescription heroin? So we look after the, the drug addict by providing prescription heroin, but we let the chronic pain patient go to Hades. That's the, that's the sense that I get, and that's the sense they get. That's their frustration. And, Minister, frankly, that is their fear, and you know that as well as I do. Well, uh, you do. let me just go back. You haven't given me an opportunity to answer a couple of the questions that you brought <clears throat> up there. I did. And you have raised the fact that perhaps their dose doesn't need to be changed. And if between a I didn't say that. I said they're arbitrarily being changed. More of the interview coming up in a bit. So we've heard from patients from uh, Canada, the United States, and Europe. I told you I had an email from a chronic pain patient in Australia, in Sydney, Australia, going through the same sorts of situations. That patient in Australia has already been in touch with Dignitas in Switzerland and is taking the first steps to arrange for suicide which has been talked about a great deal, and will be later on today when we talk to the husband and wife, and the wife you've heard on this program, she's a national reporter, Dawn Ray Downton, and she has a suicide plan in place. What's it like to live as a husband and wife, knowing that your spouse has a suicide plan in place, because if they cut off her medication, it's going to be impossible to live with the pain. So I received this this uh, this email, and I'm not going to identify the uh, doctor who sent it, because I want to talk to him first. And if you say it's uh, green, it's unnamed sources, well, you have a marginal point. But this is not a newscast. In a newscast, you should name your source. But if you watch a journal magazine on television, for example, you'll often see a face blurred, a name is not mentioned, a voice has changed. 
So what's important here is the content, and it's a senior, senior emergency department doctor. He writes this. I just want to say thank you for speaking and investigating more on this topic. I hope the discussion evolves into acute pain control also. I'm a specialist emergency physician trained in the 1990s when actually opioids were starting to be used more commonly for appropriate pain control in acute situations. Pardon me if I write many things you're aware of. I thought it could be nice to give you some background info. It used to be that doctors were reluctant to give opioids in many painful cases until the diagnosis was clear for fear of masking the diagnosis. As an example, someone came in with severe abdominal pain and doctors would withhold painkillers, usually opioids, because maybe one could miss an appendicitis or peritonitis, for example, by masking the pain, which was ridiculous, unless you were stupid enough to think that the patient is cured miraculously inside 30 minutes because the pain has been reduced dramatically, which was a possibility with untrained interns, I must admit. So emergency physicians started giving opioids to patients in acute pain in the ED, and the practice spread to other specialties. Thank goodness for our patients. Proper pain control started to be taught, and I strongly believe patients' experiences in the ED and post-ED became more satisfying. Now, opioids are much more liberally prescribed to people with pain conditions. They are, in fact, the number one drug of choice for moderate to severe pain, especially if simple analgesics such as Tylenol, acetaminophen, and Advil ibuprofen, which are available over-the-counter, have proved insufficient. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, NSAIDs, such as ibuprofen, are not without their side effects themselves. Stomach ulcers, gastrointestinal bleeding, blood pressure rise, loss of control, kidney function decrease. Ibuprofen is probably the safest of all the NSAIDs, while some of the others, such as the popular Toradol, Catalaric uh, have a scary incidence of bad side effects. But also opioids are very recently being put as the villain drug again. But it's strange because while I've seen countless cases a year of serious accidents and deaths related to alcohol use, for example, I have rarely seen, and certainly not even come close in numbers, accidents, deaths, and serious cases related to opioid use, abuse, and prescription. It's not to say there are none. And there have been some medical errors also leading to patients' deaths. But this comes from improper use, knowledge of the medications, and ways of administering them. There could be some bias in how we find, search for the causes of the problems, which might underestimate the importance, the contribution of opioids to certain cases. True. As opioids are more available, there's been a rise in opioid addiction in the general population, but that does not mean in deaths. But still, these are not reasons to deprive us and our patients of a great therapeutic tool for a terrible condition, acute and chronic pain, which is one of the leading causes to visit an emergency department in the Western world. If we should restrict or ban any substance that causes addiction and extremely common and serious health consequences, including numerous deaths down the road, why do we allow the sale of tobacco and alcohol? If we should restrict a medication because doctors don't know how to use it, for example, giving too high a dose to elder patients, why don't we just teach them better? If we restrict a medication because it has side effects, while I see more people dying in my hospital because of antibiotic side effects, uh, I don't know how to pronounce this one, there's also a C. difficile, and because of antibiotic resistance, we see multiple cases of internal hemorrhage uh, to NSAIDs, so why don't we act for those medications? It does not make common clinical sense. I'm glad there are some people starting to speak out and that some hidden agendas 
are finally coming to light. All right? Here's an email from a, uh, from a chronic pain patient to politicians. I'm 71 years old and on a pension. I have a severe back pain that can only be helped by using 100 micrograms of juragesic patches every three days. The only problem is that your liberal government has prohibited me financial support for these patches. The costs for these patches have put a serious drain on my financial resources. Why am I denied government backing for these pain-relieving patches when drug addicts and dealers are given free drug injection sites, free heroin, free antidotes, etc.? Police are now voicing their having to inject drug addicts with an anti-overdose antidote. I'm not a drug addict, a dealer, yet. I feel I'm treated like one. Your health ministers, who are doctors, don't care about my severe pain. I'm not addicted to pain medications. I'm addicted to living without pain. Do your legal and moral duty. Let us patients who are in severe pain have the proper medication to keep us out of pain. For God's sake, do your part and support my request to have the 100 microgram patches to help with my chronic pain. My only daily relief will be to be bedridden on a daily basis. Some chronic pain patients who cannot get pain relief are contemplating suicide. Not a good prognosis for us Canadians, especially when Canada is coming up to its 150th birthday. Happy birthday for Canada, but it'll be a happy birthday. But will it be a happy birthday for us chronic pain patients? Please help us. And that was signed Malcolm. So there's more that I want to read you, but I don't have the time right now. But we will later in the program. We will later in the program. Also, remember this, and we'll talk to the man who came up with the statistic. It's easily followed. It's easily followed. There could be, conservatively speaking, if opioids are withheld across the board from pain patients, 56,000 suicides in this country. We'll ask him to explain, but I read it to you yesterday, and it made absolute sense to me. It's simple to follow. This is a huge issue, and now the doctors are saying enough, many of them. And you'll hear Dr. Mary Redmond later on, as I spoke with her yesterday. She has 1,200 pain patients, 1,200 in Ottawa. And she is, if nothing, completely outspoken. You won't want to miss it.